Hello and welcome to the first episode of Extra Healthy Debates. I'm Anna Beryl, editor of Healthy Magazine, and today we're talking all things vegan with chef, cookbook author, YouTuber and Instagram star Gaz Oakley, aka the avant-garde vegan. With more than 3.5 million people in the UK now adopting a vegan buying lifestyle, with health, climate change and animal welfare all contributing factors, I met up with Gaz at London's Mortimer House to talk about the defining moment that made him transform his diet overnight and what it means to be vegan in 2018. Gaz, welcome to The Healthy Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you so much for having me. So you turned vegan pretty much overnight. What led to that? Straight in like that. Straight in. <laughs> um, what led to it? I was actually working out every night. I was training in the gym. I was trying to put on a lot of weight and because I wanted to go and play rugby again like I used to. And I was eating a lot of high-protein bodybuilding food basically lots of meat lots of dairy lots of eggs and things like that and after a, a year or so of doing it I didn't feel good and every time I was eating these meals I felt, sort of had a guilty conscience and I, so I knew what it was and it wasn't appealing to me anymore um, I did a little bit of research online and, and came across one video and it was a, a speech by Gary Orofsky which is a uh, a famous activist mm -hmm. and his speech that I watched literally made me go vegan overnight. Wow. What was it that he said? Um, so many things and I couldn't name them all now, but generally the, the, the major points that stuck out for me were um, obviously an animal has to die f um, for us to consume this, this product and, and the way they're treated as well in the dairy industry and in all these industries, it's just not good. So that just stuck in my head. The effect that this type of, uh, these foods have in our body. Um, again, I, w I wanted to be, I want to be as healthy as possible. So, and also the environmental impact that animal agriculture has on the planet. So those are the three things, the animals, the health, my health and the planet. Cool. And did you find the switch difficult? Um, no, it's really exciting. Uh, I went from a really structured diet because obviously I was training every night. So I was meal planning, uh, meal prepping, and I went into the kitchen and just started experimenting. I literally took over my parents' kitchen and just started uh, just just going to town with different dishes, trying to make things really flavoursome. I didn't want to be lacking anything. I didn't want to be missing anything. So I just started experimenting. I was using the, um, the skills that I learned when I was a professional chef to try and bring out flavours. And um, it was really, really fun. Uh, so you mentioned that you were weight training. Um, so how were you powering this kind of machine of a body that you'd built up? <laughs> um, so I did stick to the weight training for quite a while after going vegan and there was no, uh, no difference in terms of my performance or whatnot. I, um, I kept up a high calorie diet, so I was eating an awful lot, but just happened to be plant-based and it was relatively easy. Um, it wasn't until sort of things started taking off cause I actually started uploading pictures of, the uh, dishes that I was experimenting with at home onto Instagram. And then all of a sudden people started following me and it just became my sort of main passion and hobby. Whereas the gym was prior to that, uh, I started taking it more seriously and I wanted to help people using the skills that I learned in the kitchens to show people that vegan food is amazing and simple to recreate these uh, incredible dishes that I was working on. And what kind of dishes were you making when you first went vegan? Um, I was, Generally trying to create stuff that I, um, I 
kind of miss so like obviously i wasn't I, I wasn't brought up vegan so i tried to you become accustomed to flavors and i wanted to sort of try and recreate that so i was experimenting with um seitan which mm -hmm. is a meat uh, meat replacement that has been eaten for years and years and years going back to ancient monks they'd use that as their meat, meat replacement and i was experimenting that trying to modernize it but generally i was um trying to eat a good whole foods diet lots of beans, lots of pulses, and just try and jazz them up and make it really interesting. Cool. And just going back a little bit, has food always been a big part of your life growing up? Yeah, it's all sport and food is, is, has been my, my life really. But um, I had dreams of becoming a Michelin star chef. I, I became a chef and I, I left school at 16 as soon as I could after working in a, in, in a hotel kitchen whilst I was still in school. I went went full-time at 16 and just want just be just was a sponge basically trying to learn as much as I can from all the chefs around me I worked at some of the best restaurants in Cardiff which were they which is my hometown I started off in a hotel called the New House Country Hotel and they, they had a lovely restaurant there and then I went to La Galwa where that was a very renowned restaurant in Cardiff for so long we were actually trying to get a Michelin star um and that's where I learned the the backbone, yeah, huge amount of what set. I do now because there was such an experienced chef there, and um, that's where I learned the sort of fine dining cooking and, and the stuff that I, I potentially want to do when I open my first restaurant. And what kind of dishes were you prepping? Um, I was thrown in at first um, onto the into the veg section, which doesn't sound that hard, but it was it was very difficult. In fact, um, especially at a young age, I was in there doing eighty hour weeks. Um, at such a young age, yeah, but uh, it, it was great. And we were doing some incredible food. Sally wasn't vegan, but yeah, I wish I went vegan sooner. <laughs> and and do you, would you ever go back to cooking meat or fish? Oh, no, never, never. Um, and veganism now has gone very mainstream um, and its rise has benefited from an almost conscious rebranding. It, it's much cooler now. Um, when you turned vegan, this wasn't quite the case. Um, so where or who were you looking to for your inspiration? Um, I guess just my sort of goal to stop the killing of animals. I want to help the planet and for my health, that's my motivation really. Um, there's not a celebrity chef out there that's vegan. Um, so back then I was just using those three things as my motivation. Um, it was a lot harder when I first went vegan. There wasn't, it wasn't on the tip of everyone's tongues yeah. like it is now. And I think social media and influencers like myself have, have helped that. Cool. And, and do you think um, your experience in restaurants has helped you kind of get flavour into those dishes? Definitely, yeah. And it's in terms of just my sort of um, uh, my reach on social media, having that knowledge separates me from a lot of the um, uh, food foodie influencers that are, that are out there because um, I, th I feel as if I, I've learned how to do it the, the proper way and um that's what I try and get into all my recipes is is trying to establish flavor right from the start whereas some other recipes may not um know to add certain ingredients to bring out flavors and jazz things up or, or certain combinations that you need to do to to make food taste good and so what's in your store cupboard how are you jazzing up your dishes in terms of spices <laughs> or miso or yeah, th things like umami flavors is very important to to put into um, vegan recipes because you wanna you wanna pack pack the re these recipes with a punch. But generally, like the, 
the core thing that you're taught when you first step into, into a kitchen is to season properly and not just adding salt and pepper at the end of a dish. It's adding salt and pepper um, from, from the start or having a good base to a soup, for example. Um, so seasoning things properly with just salt and pepper, adding a bit of lemon, that, that transforms a dish and that will take something that's bland and make it flavoursome. So it's just having those little bits of knowledge that um, you're not really taught. Yeah. And from a nutrition point of view, we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier when you were talking about all your training. Um, how have you been making sure that you're kind of getting all of your vitamins and minerals? I don't worry about it. That's the main thing. Okay. Um, you just need to know that you're eating a well-varied diet. You can be unhealthy vegan. You can live off chips if you wanted to, and that's vegan, but it's not healthy. So you need to make sure you're getting a well-varied diet. Um, me personally, I like to make sure I'm eating a lot of leafy greens and, and broccoli and uh, green vegetables to get all my iron in. Um, the only supplement I take is um, B12. And as long as you're eating a varied diet, lots of whole foods, you'll, you'll be absolutely fine. And I don't think we'll, you'll be lacking in anything. Do you think that's um, one of the slight dangers of when a particular diet becomes trendy, as it were, that people um, jump kind of feet first in and they're not really thinking about how it's going to impact on their body? Yeah, I think, I think you know, I'm not a nutritionist, but I think humans are more resilient than we think. And, you know, I've been looking into fasting recently and we can go quite a long time. I'm not telling anyone to now just to start <laughs> giving up food, but we can go quite a long time, you know, without eating food and it's, it's, it's been done for thousands of years. So going vegan for a week and eating kind of unhealthy, that's not going to affect you in any way. Um, so, but just, I think what my advice to people is do a bit of research, understand the nutrients that are important to get into your body when you go vegan, things like iron that would come so easy, say for example, from uh, meat, making sure that you're, you're eating lots of leafy greens and things like that. And just, uh, just be, just eat a varied diet. It's also about being more aware, isn't it? Kind of yeah. taking the time to learn exactly you know, what you're eating. But it's soon, it's soon. I did it myself when I first went vegan. I needed to make sure that I was getting this amount of spinach in a day, for example. But then soon, you just it just becomes part of your daily thing, and you just you know when you've had enough of certain things. Cool. And with the rise in kind of plant-based food festivals and the um, high street um, adapting, for example, Holland and Barrett are opening a vegan store in Shoreditch at the end of the year and the Great British Bake Off, big news, um, <laughs> are introducing a vegan round within the competition. Shame they haven't called me to be a judge. Well, they should. They've missed a <laughs> trick there, haven't they? Um, I think people are now feeling empowered as going vegan once felt a little bit like you were sacrificing something. Mm. Whereas now it doesn't feel like you're missing out on dishes that everyone can enjoy. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I hope what I'm doing on social media and in my books and things like that is, um, is proving that, you know, I don't miss anything whatsoever. So um, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I think it's, um, it's a cool club to be in. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing it the right way. Yeah. And when you first went vegan, were there any dishes that you were really craving? No, not necessarily like I really needed it, but I think, as I said before, you do become accustomed to textures and tastes. So recreating things with a meaty texture, it was what I was trying to do originally and I still do it now. And it's a really good way of making um, vegan diet appealing to 
non-vegans or people who are thinking about going vegan, knowing that they're going to be able to get that texture is a really good thing to do. So I'm going to keep doing these meat replacements and things to help people. Cool. And do you have any tips um, for baking as a very sweet tooth person? Um, I find with vegan bakes, it can be tricky sometimes because obviously you don't have eggs. Yeah, what are your definitely. tips? Um, well, replace eggs with things like um, chia seed egg, which is just blitzing chia seeds into their powder and adding water. And that actually mimics egg really, really well. Or you can use um, banana as well. That helps. Um, but you'll be surprised what you can make um, in terms of baking. It's when you think, when I think back to how simple baking was when I could use eggs, it's, it was great. Like literally eggs will just stabilize a cake and make a, a cake firm or spongy or whatever, depending on how many you add. Um, so that sort of variance is slim slightly when you, when you go, when you're making a vegan cake, but it can be done in this, and um, there's amazing recipes out there. And I've got a couple of nice baking recipes and well, lots of nice baking lots recipes. Of them, lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite? Favorite. Baking recipe. Oh God. So I've what never been a huge baker, out? but, um, Funnily enough, in my Christmas book, there's a plug here coming along. I managed to make some profiteroles and not in your traditional way because it was so difficult to make vegan shoe pastry. I came up with a different way of doing it and you'll be very surprised how I do it, but they taste incredible. Can you tell us how you did it? Spoiler alert. So I'll tell you a little backstory. Okay. I was asked to make some vegan shoe pastry profiteroles for uh, a brand recently and the night before the shoot, I had tested my vegan shoe pastry several times and it just wasn't working. I, I got so nervous. I was like, I'm a failure. I can't do this one thing. Well, traditional shoe pastry is difficult enough. Yeah, it is. And we f you forget how vital things like, well, eggs in shoe pastry in particular are. And I just couldn't do it. I tried so, so many times so hard and it got to like 12 o'clock at night shoot started at 8 a.m. the next morning I was thinking what I just can't turn up I can't I'm embarrassed I can't do it but I had a, a an idea of um I ran out I ran to the the supermarket and I came back and I thought right I'm going to make some mini uh donuts basically so I fried some donuts and um added some baking powder and things like that to the mix so I knew that when I made the batter and fried the, fried these balls, that baking powder will rise and expand in the hot oil and f form almost that fluffy sort of aerated texture that you get from uh, shoe pastry. And to my luck, it worked and uh, created this amazing sort of hybrid recipe of fried donut profiteroles. And that stressful recipe is now in the book, and uh, it's one of the wow. one of the stars of the book, in my opinion. And it's very indulgent, very Christmas. So, um, yeah, I'm please, I'm please, I, ma I managed it. <laughs> um, so there are some great vegan restaurants and food stores now. Where's top of your list? Top of my list um, in London or anywhere UK wide, wherever UK you wide. I think London's very much a hot spot in terms of vegan food, um, and. Unfortunately, there's lots of fast food restaurants here. There's, I can't wait to open my restaurant. Um, and I'll, when I'll, will that be? I've told, I've told my YouTube subscribers that when I hit a million YouTube subscribers, um, I will, I'll announce where my restaurant's going to be. But what number are we at now? Four hundred and ninety-five, okay. I think. So we've got quite a while we need to, to go. Get on that. But um, I'm trying to encourage people to subscribe. So hopefully that comes around soon. But when I when I open a restaurant, I want to go back to those sort of fine dining almost roots but I just want people to come in on a 
a Friday or Saturday night or midweek and just spend two and a half hours at a restaurant drinking wine and enjoying themselves rather than just quick food and go. But regardless of that fact, there's some really good restaurants in London. Um, to name a few, um, the Virga Company, Essence Cuisine, um, What the Pitta. There's loads. Uh, my mind's gone blank, but yeah, there's some great ones here. Um, Piggy Wops, um, Eat Che, there's some really nice ones out there. Cool. And what are your tips for people that are thinking about going vegan? What are my tips? Okay, so I would never have stuck to a vegan diet if I hadn't have watched that speech. And the reason that is because that gave me the motivation to realize that a vegan diet is the only diet that I can, that the only that the only lifestyle I can live by. So that's the, my motivation. I can never, ever go back to my old ways. Um, that's how I know I'll stick to vegan for the rest of my life. And I think if you're going to go vegan and just because you've seen an, one of my nice recipes online, I don't think you'll stick to it because it's so easy to get a convenience snack that doesn't happen to be vegan. Then all of a sudden you're just not vegan anymore. So you need that motivation to stop you from getting that convenience snack. And when you watch the documentary, like I watched or the speech that I watched, you understand that that food isn't just a quick convenience snack. There's something terrible that's happened to make that item. So get some motivation, whether it's your health, whether it's the animals or the planet or some of the other reasons that there are out there, but there's loads. So go and watch a speech or documentary about veganism. Um, in terms of food and keeping yourself full and, and healthy, um, definitely a well-varied diet, meal plan, meal prep. Um, Prep's kind of the key, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? so actually one of my biggest videos on YouTube has got, um, it's got millions of views and that's a meal, a six, like a 16 meal meal plan for four days. Um, this one in particular is uh, for someone that's training in the gym. Um, but it's really, it's really vital to do that, especially if you're not living in somewhere like London where you can just pop to uh, a restaurant and grab something quick. You, you, if you're not in London, you need to have a meal done in the fridge so you know you can just take it to work or something. But um, get in the kitchen because you, cooking is so fun. I think uh, the public have sort of lost an interest. Everything's about convenience these days. But until you get into the kitchen, especially after a long day of work, it's so therapeutic and it's so um, everyone can cook. Mm. It's not just a skill that people have. Everyone's got the capability to cook and it's simple when you learn the basic ways and you've got the equipment and the ingredients, you will have a really fun time cooking. So get in the kitchen, you'll start to enjoy it. And would you have done anything differently kind of looking back when you decided to go vegan, maybe go veggie first or? No, I'm glad I just threw myself in there. I, I'm kind of the person that's all or nothing sort of thing. So I'm glad I, I, I if only, if only I sort of went vegan sooner, that's my only sort of, thing yeah i wish i went vegan sooner cool and last but not least we've slightly touched on this but mm. um you've got a new cookbook coming out called vegan christmas yes um on september the 6th yes i believe um can you tell us a little bit about that even though it feels slightly strange discussing yeah. christmas in august definitely yeah. and it's strange because my my last book came out only in january so very tight turnaround. Uh, yeah, so I can't believe I managed to get two books out in one year, but I guess my mind is like a recipe book. I'm constantly coming up with new things. And when I was creating my Christmas recipes for my YouTube channel last Christmas, I put some stuff together and realized I've got 
some really beautiful recipes here and if I added a few more I could make an actual uh, like a really good book and I said to my publisher is there any way I could do a Christmas book and potentially a mini one that mini they said yes and that mini book turned into over 70 recipes so it's not really mini and uh is it the first vegan Christmas cookbook I believe it is yeah Yeah. and amazing yeah I'd never I didn't think of that or, or anything but I just wanted to get Christmas book out there because I know how difficult it is when you're a vegan family cooking vegan food you 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 would often maybe go for that just shop-bought nut roast which is a bit bland and boring although nut roasts are really tasty if you do it right or you'd be that awkward vegan going to a non-vegan's house and they wouldn't know what to cook for you you probably just get a, some potatoes or carrots and some sprouts on a plate with a bit if of gravy you're lucky. yeah if you're lucky so I thought this could help people I think Christmas is a time for peace, peacefulness, and why don't our tables reflect that? So I think uh, having a cruelty-free Christmas is my sort of motto now. And uh, if this book helps people, I'll be really pleased. Yeah. Um, And we've got a fab recipe from Vegan Christmas in the December issue of Healthy, so look out for that. Um, And make sure you check out Gaz's YouTube channel and Instagram at Avantgarde Vegan. Thanks so much for joining me today, Gaz. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for listening. That was Gaz Oakley. I really enjoyed that chat. Um, now I'm joined with producer Andy Greening, a fellow vegan. Yes, I am. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that chat. I've uh, I've met Gaz a few times now. Um, I actually interviewed him originally for the Healthy for Men documentary series. Plug uh, alert. Plug alerts, yes. He's, uh, I discovered him probably about a year ago now and um, his, his YouTube channel and his, his videos are amazing. They feel like you're watching kind of like a proper TV show. And yeah, they're really good. well produced. Yeah, and I think that's showing a good sign of how things are moving, not just like obviously in veganism, but in like how things have been delivered on YouTube and stuff Definitely. as well. And it's given p- people a voice who wouldn't usually get that voice. Yeah, especially a younger audience as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it reflects as well with this kind of approach and this kind of style. It's He's trying to make it more than just about like sort of animal welfare he's trying to bring mm. a whole like uh lifestyle to the whole thing is which people are kind of buying into now as well yeah and i mean it's all for a positive reason i'm all for it now as you are vegan this is particularly interesting i can't imagine changing my diet completely overnight yeah i find that fascinating but i'm a planner and a yeah. prepper if well for, there's two types of vegans as well there's the people who did it overnight uh i was one of the other ones who slowly sort of took things out of my diet, just um, one thing at a time. So I kind of went vegetarian, well, pescatarian and vegetarian. And then So you went enough, step by yeah, step. Yeah, step by step. And I think also involving myself online, seeing stuff, getting started by new ideas, uh, kind of you can, can guilt yourself into it. You see a few videos and a few speeches. Um, and yeah, you kind of you do open your eyes up a little bit to how, how you want to sort of buy things from there on. Yeah. Another interesting point he made was about the whole vegan junk food trend. Yes. Because that became so popular in the last kind of year or two. Yeah, definitely. I guess mainly coupled with the whole emergence of street food as well. Yeah, it goes sort of hand in hand at the moment. Yeah, but it is really easy to be an unhealthy vegan, isn't totally, it? Totally, and I'm probably one of them, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's very easily to fall down that trap. But 
I suppose it, you kind of can convince yourself that, oh, well, at least it's not got overwhelming amounts of dairy inside it yeah. and a few less bad things. But at the end of the day, it can have a lot of saturated fats. Yeah, and fry um, food is yeah, fry food. Exactly, fry food is fry food. So uh, you've got to uh, still be careful and um, try and be like more like those kind of Instagrammers with loads of rainbow Buddha bowls and stuff and yeah. kind of bring you back to that world sometimes rather than the satan burgers. Yeah. yeah. And did you have any other takeaways from uh, the time with Gaz? Yeah, I think he's a, he's a good example of of a vegan who's not like over preachy and who can sort of live his life and he's very unexpecting and if it wasn't the fact that he's a vegan chef and he's famous for it and he was just a person talking to the camera you wouldn't know and he's got a, a I don't know just a very sort of cool way about it so it's mm. I think it's uh, it's a good example how we can live our lives normally and and as he says he doesn't overthink it too much apart from obviously when it's worked for him and become a normal part of life now so you only have to go down the supermarket and see there's a whole aisle like dedicated to you and combine that with all the recipes you can learn from people like Gaz exactly it's, and he's being so, so creative as well when yeah, he was exactly. talking about you know making the vegan shoe pastry and I mean, the kind of mind yeah, that's what you can was really do. Interesting. Yeah, it's just like little uh, hacks you can do with that, like you said about the donut, and you know, you take something which you you realise is very similar to another uh, thing you'd eat, and you can make a whole new world out of it. Yeah, it's kind of it's no longer about sacrifice. No, I exactly. think that's the main the main point now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, it's showing you know, especially yeah, like I said, you go into a supermarket and you're not sacrificing, you're just replacing with things which you you like, and I suppose that's the other argument as well. People say. Why are you eating something that looks like a sausage or like a burger? Well, like someone like myself, I was eating meat for like 27 years before I decided that that's enough. And um, I wanted to still be able to enjoy the things I I enjoy before I was to uh, change over. And it doesn't mean I don't miss those flavours. It just means I don't want those flavours in such a cruel environment. Exactly. You're making a different decision. It's a conscious decision as well. Uh, That was our first Extra Healthy Debates episode of The Healthy Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and thanks for listening.